Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. And today we're joined with by Lucy. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Lucy Buglers, all the way from where are you in the world? Or in the I'm country? in I'm in Kent at the minute. Kent. Yes. Oh, lovely Kent. Lovely yeah, up there. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's nice. <laughs> and Not how from you... there originally, obviously, but yes, um, I, I am in Kent. Well, I was half expecting you to say somewhere a bit more northern. Well, yeah, it's where, it's where I hail from originally, yes. I'm originally from Northumberland, but not these days. Um, what, what is it, for those listeners who might not be uh, familiar with what you do, how did you get into movies and journalism? Um, it was kind of, basically, I was, <laughs> I was made redundant from a job, and I basically had a six-month period of, like, unemployment. So I basically set up my blog for something to do, essentially. Lucy Goes to Hollywood, my blog. Um, and then it, it did quite well. And I've got quite, you know, I've got some really good friends now through, through film journalism and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It was just one of those lucky things that I didn't expect to take off, you know? It was, yeah, yeah. And so, how's yeah, the... it, it, I'm very lucky in the sense that, it, you know, people wanted to read it. Yeah, and how you've been coping with the lack of cinema in the last three oh, or four months? It's been awful, honestly. <laughs> like, I haven't been in a cinema since, when was lockdown? March? Yeah, yeah. Oh geez, yeah. So it's been such a long time. Like I haven't ventured back yet. I haven't joined the tenant discourse yet. <laughs> um, I probably won't for a long time. So I've been relying on Netflix and that kind of thing, really. But it's just yeah. not the same, is it? Yeah. Well, I was, my cinema trips are very few and far between, anyway, because I think once you know, once you, your kids are in the mix and stuff, and you've got a very difficult, you know, work-life balance, cinema trips are, are a bit of a luxury. But I'd usually go for like the big tentpole movies, like. Tenant would be definitely something I would love to go and see, but um, it just doesn't seem to be the, must the be draw, the most, isn't um, there? Boring job in the world is being like a, a, a box office teller for the cinemas now because everybody comes to the window. It's like, what are you here to see? <laughs> uh, tenant? <laughs> it's just a uh, tenant? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is, so have you seen it yet, Matt? No, no I, haven't, um, I haven't ventured into the darkened enclosed spaces just yet well this is the thing i think it's gonna it's gonna take something pretty meaty to draw me back i know that that is something that you know i want to see a christopher nolan movie on the big screen in, in imax is is a massive uh draw isn't it i think i'm glad any... to sort of go into training because you know I'm not, i've not had to sort of focus on one thing for like a like a two and a half hour three hour kind of session I, you know i can drift out you know pause Go yeah. to the kitchen, <laughs> do a bit of fridge tapas, come back in, <laughs> start it up again. You know, it's uh, it's going to be tricky. It's yeah, be very tricky. Well, I think uh, everyone's got to have a little bit more confidence before we we go and start sharing the same darkened room with each other. <laughs> but anyway, let fingers crossed, everything does start. It looks like it's going back to normal, and, and Lucy, you can get back out there and start. Um, you know, going to see, get your popcorn bucket out, and, and then sit back and enjoy. Oh, I miss it. it. I miss the overpriced popcorn. I miss all of it. <laughs> Never thought I'd hey. <laughs> But until that time, you know, we've got the happening. I mean, this is something you can watch pretty much any time. Just if you've got a DVD player and you're, you know, you're fortunate enough to own, uh, like own, own this on shiny disc, <laughs> then um, yeah, this is the film you've chosen to talk about. Those who are new to the podcast will know that every now and again, Matt and I will get a special guest on to defend the honour of a, a critically panned movie. And Lucy has gone right to the... <laughs> Doesn't the, get any more critically panned than this, right? <laughs> They're the happening. 2008.
supposed to stop here? What's going on? You can't just leave us here. Sir, we lost contact. With whom? Everyone. There appears to be an event happening. It's some kind of attack. The first stage is loss of speech. Claire. Claire? The second stage is physical disorientation. The third stage is fatal. are spreading Boston, Philadelphia, Maryland. That's all over the country. Authorities are now feeling that a terrorist group being responsible is becoming less and less likely. She says everyone's dead outside. This was a, an M Night Shyamalan joint. Lucy, what is what is it in in like one sentence almost about the happening that you 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 can say to defend its honor? Oh, in a sentence! Oh my gosh! Um, well, I mean, okay, that was a bit. <laughs> that was me, man. <laughs> oh, I've never done that. Oh, I've never done that before, be, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> right, in twenty seconds or less. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before. I don't know why I decided to do it on this one. But anyway, right, forget that. Okay, but no. What is it initially then, this change that, that, that you love about the happening or you can defend about the happening? Okay, um, I think in terms of sort of like a thriller about an unknown disease slash phenomenon slash whatever it actually is, it's got some really good like gory special effects and some good death scenes in it, which I, I find quite good. Most critics don't, I, I quite enjoy them. Especially the Lone Moore one, we'll get out of the Lone Moore one in a minute. Um, yes. And then I liked, I really liked Mark Wahlberg as well. He kind of, he's the reason I like it so much because I just find his character so endearing. And like, every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, bless you, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess like, if you just kind of sit back and you think this isn't award winning, it's not like a good thriller, to be honest. It's just a bit B movie and you just accept it for what it is. You can have a good time with it, I think. There's lots to, to mine in this one because, yes, it, mm -hmm. I remember when, when the, the, the trailers were kicking around and there was a lot of sort of pre-movie hype about this, there were lots of, like, um, vox pops and things of people coming, walking out of the cinema terrified of what they'd seen and this is, like, hailed as, you know, his, his return uh, to, to, you know, the great cinema films who, that we know is kind of capable of. people that go to a <laughs> cinema 
to walk out. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. if you was a blind audience test and you was off to go see the Fox and the Hounds and this popped up, then potentially, yes, you have an excuse to leave when things <laughs> got a bit gory. But you're going to see an R-rated film called The Happening. Yeah. Well, what did you want to happen? <laughs> I feel this happens all the time, though. You have, like, anything that happens at Cannes that's remote, remotely controversial. It's like, oh, people were throwing up, or people have left. And it's like, <laughs> who, are, who are these people? I have never, like, thrown up in a cinema, or left, or fainted, but hey, yeah. maybe that's just me. Let, let's do the plops. I have indulged so. in Maltesers once, and that caused quite a scene. That had nothing to do with the film. <laughs> <laughs> so the plop synopsis is, a science teacher, his wife, and a young girl struggle to survive a plague that causes those infected to commit suicide. Now, on IMDb, this is 5 out of 10, which is, I think, pretty good. But on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of really where you see the um, the crux of it, we've got an 18 splat in the tomato meter and an audience score of 24%, which is very low indeed. So on the whole, we can agree, Lucy, can't we, that this, was a, this is a universally unliked movie. And I'd also um, add that the, the plop synopsis needed an, act, an extra word because it's not just the infected to commit suicide, it's dramatic suicides, right? <laughs> there's there's yeah, nothing kind of low-key about what happens to these people. But cast-wise, let's, let's, let's dive into the cast. This is what you do at this part of the, con- uh, the, the podcast. So Mark Wahlberg, we've already mentioned, uh, Lucy, so it's a big draw for you. Uh, Marky Mark and his funky, well, not bunch, but he's on his own on this occasion. But he's, um, what is it about Mark Wahlberg? Because he is a, he's a bit of a um, Marmite kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah, I'd agree with that. I think in this film in particular, though, because I, I rewatched it last night in preparation for this, like it was kind of, it reminded me that I liked this particular character of his. I just find him very endearing, like I said. I, you know, kind of my opinion of him. To one side, I liked him in this. <laughs> Is he? Are you a fan? Are you a fan of his in general? Yeah, I mean, he's not like my top actor, but he's he's all right. Yeah, yeah, he does his <laughs> does his best. Well, my, yeah, um... That's not very high praise. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he does it. He's trying hard. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's got he's got a brand new expression in this film, and he he really likes to use it a lot, right? So it's just this is sort of perplexed face scrunch. Is, is kind of the, the, the go-to look in this film. Can well, you imagine I, Mark Wahlberg being your science teacher? <laughs> I mean, what I kind just, of school has that happened in? Yeah, but he, he reminds me that I think he's gone to the Joey Tribbiani School of Acting. Because <laughs> it's kind of the sniffing of the air. Like, can I smell something? Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's, it's, for me, the casting is, is odd. I mean, Mark, Mark Wahlberg was obviously at the time, I mean, he is, he is big draw to the box office and yes, he can, he can really hold a movie um, and he's got good action uh, chops. But I think this, this needed someone with a little bit more, um, for me, Lucy, to go against what you said, but for me, this needed someone with a little bit more pathos, something with it who could probably, who, who looks like they could you know, pull off a V-neck sweater with, with like a leather arm, uh, elbow pads, like a proper Someone teacher. Someone that can tell you what photosynthesis was, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> that could understand those basic concepts without just yeah. sort of maybe asking you a question back, going, I don't know, I don't know what plants do this. Why do give you think second. plants do this? <laughs> give me a second, please, give me a second. Um, he just wants one second, that's all he just needs. Just one second. Yeah. I mean, I, this is the sort of thing that happens, that whole scene with him wanting a second is, that happens to me every single day. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> either at work or at home. Very relatable, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've all been in the field. Yeah. 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 So, okay. He's again. He's serviceable in this movie. I think he does. He does what he can. Um, Zoe. <laughs> Zoe. Uh, Zoe. Zoe? <laughs> is it Zoe or Zoe? I know it's Zoe. Oh, it's I, like Zoe. Zoe. I think it's Zoe, isn't it? Is it Zoe? It's Zoe. I mean, there's an extra O in there, but is it, I no. think it is Zoe. Um, I think you're wrong, Matt. You can't. Yeah. You know, I you just can't... Ca- I just cast the extra O to a side and just go with <laughs> Zoe. But hey ho. Um, but she, I really like her in. Um, What's that sitcom she did that I used to watch that I don't watch anymore? Um, the good, not the good girl. Yes, it was a good girl. New girl. New girl. New girl. That's it. And she and she's been in. Uh, uh, she was in Elf, and I like her in that as well. But she's <laughs> in some, some really good films, and I, I like her as an actress. She's great. This is perfectly fine. I think she does well. What do you think, uh, Lucy? Yeah, I think I like her character like less in this and I kind of wish they'd done a bit more with her. I think that's one of my criticisms actually because it's not a perfect film, it's really not. Um, I just wish she'd been a little bit more active. She was a very passive character, annoyingly. Um, yeah, yeah. And just kind of almost just like following Mark Wahlberg and then sort of like looking after the kid. That was basically all she existed for really. Um, I mean, she, performance-wise she was fine. I just wish the character was a bit more rounded. It would have been nice. Yeah, she does. You've hit the nail on the head there. She she's um, superfluous, really, in in terms of she's there just to act off of what Mark's trying to do. And at no point does she. I mean, she seems perfectly capable to take the lead, and when he's he's struggling to, and at various points in the movie, we we sort of con- as confused as Mark is or Elliot Moore, which is the character he plays in in the movie. We, and you almost need someone to sort of take the reins. And I think she she could have quite easily done that. Um, and other good actors in this, is, uh, I would say, would be Frank Collison, which I know I'm sort of scooting across a little or ahead a little bit, but he's got such an amazing face. Um, he plays the, the nursery owner. And he solves time. the problem before anybody else even has a, a snifter, right? He's like, oh, it's the plant. Cool, it gave him killing everyone. And then kind of like slowly throughout the rest of the film, people come to agree with him. Yeah. I mean, every time I see him on screen, I think he's a great character actor and he does pretty well in here. Um, John, can I, I'm going to really struggle with his name now, but John uh, Leguizamo, but he, he's uh, from Romeo and Juliet and all that, all, a couple of other films that I've, I recognise him in. Um, oh, he's great. He's, he's great character actor in lots of stuff. He's probably the best thing in this film as well. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I was going to say, I think he would have been better served as being uh, in the lead and, or, or lead role in, in and Mark than Mark Wahlberg in this in this occasion. Because I just think he's he's got better acting chops, really. I think he carries it quite well. If we if we can just sort of spend a bit of time on the deaths, I think that that for me is a, is a massive selling point to the happening. If you don't understand the plot, or you think the plot is absolute tosh, um, then it's worth seeing for the deaths alone. What, you know, off the top of your head, Lucy, what would you think would be your top, top deaths in this movie? We need top some countdown, 10. like top 10 music, like in at number <laughs> yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many. Um, definitely the lawnmower one. That's horrible. Yes. And like, you just think, Jesus, that's such a horrible way to go. Uh, and I kind of like, I remember when I was, re- I was re-watching it and I thought, I, I thought they cut away at that point, but it was nice to see some gore. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, a little bit of blood, nice. Um, also the bit when, pe- the first kind of major death we see when people are jumping off the scaffold and it's pretty unnerving as well. <laughs> yes. Like if you're, if you're working like as a construction worker and you just see all these bodies falling towards you, that's just, that's horrifying, you know? 
Um, I know it's being criticised for like them looking like dummies or whatever, but you know that to one side. I I thought it was a pretty effective shot. <laughs> I think the well, opening five minutes of the film is is quite. It's really atmospheric. The opening five minutes. I really like the um mm. the, uh, the 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 opening to two characters um when she's kind of describing what she's seeing rather than actually us sort of outweighed seeing it. It, it kind of yeah. makes it more terrifying in a way because you're just like, oh god, what, what is going on? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about her death. She like stabbed herself with her um, hairpin, doesn't she? That's yeah, yeah ver- a very long, sharp, almost too dangerous <laughs> hairpin thing, knitting needle. Yeah, what kind of hairpin is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that this is New York Central Park, right? So she's got to get tooled <laughs> up just in case. Um, yeah, so that, those those two off the bat, I think, are pretty good. If I could interject and tell you, one of my favourites is um, the the lion mauling. Because oh, yeah. there's yeah. two versions of this. Now, I remember, I think there's a cut version for the cinema, but then I think for the DVD release, they kept it in, which you see him with one arm off and the other, the lion mauling, ripping the other arm off. And I think in some versions, I think you don't see necessarily full maulage. <laughs> Do you know what I like most about that scene is that... Um... Like, you don't actually, like, you know, see that. That's someone, like, they're, they're there. It's on their mobile phone, right? And yeah. um, so the first thing they do, they see this horrible thing, is they show it to the person with the small child next to them. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, oh, my God, have you seen this? And you, small child, gather round. This is something that you all need to see as well. Yeah, yeah. she just sort of interjects out of nowhere. Oh, my yeah. God, why did you see this? And everyone's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> she was but, like, um, me, this is my favourite death so far. Take this one out. <laughs> It's like um, really shock you. <laughs> it's like the zombie land, isn't it? It's like the top kills. They that that segment they have in zombie <laughs> land. It's like they were all just watching a montage on happening. But yeah, th- I think the fact that there was that there was a cut or edited version, I'm fairly certain because I saw the film and then I saw today to re, re- refresh myself. There's a all the death scenes on YouTube. There's like a <laughs> montage of every single death with a kill count, which is very good. And and that version saw there was more mortgage going on. So. It's just spooky, the fact that somebody would, you know, somebody would deliberately go in and he's just sort of waving his arm around to say, come on, sniff this, have a bit of this lovely meat. This is... <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was a good one. But yeah, I mean, peppered, peppered all through the movie are these, I mean, it's tense and it's like there are unnerving bits. The bit, the other kill um, or kills is the, um, this is my rifle guy, that the army guy. You know, the rest of the movie and the explanation of what happens doesn't quite mesh together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's a fair point. I think I think I, I can understand why a lot of people would be kind of <laughs> annoyed by the ending, especially like kind of <laughs> why did it happen? Oh, we don't know. Like, oh, all right. Then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand. Like, you know, I know a lot of people want context in, in these kind of films. But... but there doesn't necessarily always need to be it. It doesn't always need to be explained. What what um, what was did they say? Like a, was it not like doubly disappointing at the end? Because a, it was a really odd ending, right? Because I mean, obviously, we'll jump to the end. Um, but like, he just kind of comes out. They they're prepared to die. They they've given up on trying to avoid the gentle breeze. Um, so they come out and they meet and go. Oh, it must have just finished. <laughs> and then you cut three months later and everything's fine again. Um, but like that would be a bad ending for a normal film. But for a an M. Night Shyamalan film, like where you're expecting a twist, you're always expecting a twist with him, right? So is the twist, yeah. it, was it a double fake? Was the twist no twist? Did he get us? 
I don't. I think he got us somewhere. Um, not necessarily what you think. I don't think it was as clever as that. I just think he was trying to deliver deliver a horror, a, mis- a mystery, uh, suspenseful horror movie with with some sort of human condition psychotic undertones. And I think you know if you were to put this movie out, you if you remade this movie, twenty twenty would be the perfect year to set it in because <laughs> yeah. of what the hell is going on. Um, and you know, you could just imagine everyone at a Trump uh, sort of rally going, doing this sort of, sort of thing, just turning around and starting killing themselves. Um, or even, you know, in the UK at some sort of Brexit rally or something. Standard, um, standard behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like a Trump rally recently where they all went on the boats on the sea or something and boats started sinking? I just thought, this is the happening. It's happening right now. <laughs> well, um, uh, Lucy, just... In, for the, the sake of anyone who's not listened to this, um, sorry, who not watched this uh, film before, can you explain a bit about what the plot of this movie is in terms of the happening itself? What do they? What are they trying to say is happening? What do they? What do they kind of come to conclusion is happening? Good question. <laughs> um, I think what I got from it is essentially like the, the plants were kind of trying to fight back, and like it was contained in the northeast of of America for some reason. Um, and they ask a guy on the TV and he's like, I'm not quite sure why it happened, but the plants just wanted to do this to us. And that's basically how they explain it. It's a bit weird. <laughs> it was kind of like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, sort of pseudoscience around it saying that mm-hmm. it's kind of like an environmental sort of um, message going on underneath. Yeah, like a warning when... shot for the plants, right? It was like, yeah, a, the yeah, plants like were back off. <laughs> They were getting together and having a little chat and saying, well, we're going we're gonna to tr- test it out first in this part of America. And Paris, isn't it, I think? Isn't it two, two places, isn't it? Right at yeah, the end. Paris, yeah. By the end of the film, yeah. Ah, so they're having this chat, as they do, because I think we should all have respect for, for plants, for grass and, and leaves and things. And um, they have a little chinwag and they decide they're going to try it out in, in parts of the world. And it is, I mean, it is an extremely successful way of killing a load of dumbass people for whatever purpose or reason. It, it, why did they not keep going? If their goal was to, um, you know, reduce human f- sort of footprint, then why, why did it stop? Answer me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because plants aren't dicks, right? They just, you know, they just needed a the sort of... The plants just got bored. They were like, oh, I've got better things to be doing. <laughs> Shit, autumn's coming. What should we do? (laughs) Hide. Yeah, I I think to be fair, this is where the film can get frustrating is the kind of like, why is there no context? (laughs) Why did this happen? Like, why did the plants do this? Because like any basic film where there's like a virus or a pandemic or something, they try to explain it. Um, so I can see why all the reviewers are like, what? But, you know, maybe the plants just got sick. I mean, I can't really blame them, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> they, got, they got bored with the process of, of, of communicating with each other and trying to kill the human race. I would say, though, I watched a very interesting YouTube. I went down a bit of a happening YouTube rabbit hole this afternoon. And uh, I watched him. Some guy has reviewed all M. Night Shyamalan's films in some sort of sequence and thinks they're all connected. So if you if you search, I'll, I'll probably put the link somewhere if I can on Twitter or whatever. But basically, if you watch The Happening, sorry, if you watch um, Signs and then you watch The Happening and then After Earth, you can, if you want to, 
connect the three films. So Signs basically is, I'm going to bore you now, stop me if, if, it, if this gets really stupid and tedious, because, I mean, I found it quite interesting. Signs is when basically aliens send down sort of, you know, uh, foot soldiers who are, you know, um, consumable because they, they invade a, a place where, they, where water hurts and they were made up mostly of water to test, uh, like a, <laughs> I can't even believe what to test their little virus thing. But they can only inject it directly into the face. That's why that, that alien sign squirts that stuff into that little child. Remember? <laughs> oh, I forgot, yeah. Right, so anyway, so that's film one and it fails because they're just testing water. I mean, the happening, we open with lots of um, shots of the sky and the clouds and the wind moving the clouds. And that is apparently supposed to prove to the fact that they dis- they've dispensed um, this gas second wave ten years later into another pocket or area of um, the world to test it again. This time it's more successful because yes, they don't have to squirt it directly into your face, they can release it out and blah blah blah. Anyway, that works. And then apparently After Earth is when they really kick it into a gear and they do full on mass uh, invasion of, of, of the world. Now I can't remember much about After Earth, but I know that you know, the human race basically had to, to leave Earth and, and find somewhere else. And that's the result of these dumbass aliens from the very beginning one, uh, from, from science. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, but at least it's an explanation, so I'll take it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got an alternative one that I thought of whilst you were talking there. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yes. Right, so we had Unbreakable, where Bruce Willis is like, you know, Superman-esque kind of superhero. Uh, mm. Then we got Glass and Split, obviously introducing us to more sort of superhuman people. What if Mark Wahlberg has special powers to activate plants into being dicks? And that's what happened in this film. It was kind of his origin story, which is why it stopped at the end and did because it never killed him, right? Several right. times the wind went past him. I mean, he tried, to out, he tried to outrun it twice. <laughs> I mean, as a science teacher, you should probably know that even a gentle breeze is going to be quite tricky to, to try and peg it past. But yeah, he tries. So is he quick, pl- stay is ahead he, of the wind. <laughs> is, he the plant, quotes. is he plant man then? I reckon he's plant man. Other people say that this is a thing can only affect people with bad vibes. Apparently, the, the girl in the beginning of the movie, where her friend the, the, the sat next to her, stabs herself in the neck with a knitting needle, she has good vibes apparently, and she, therefore she doesn't kill herself. Where everybody else who has a, potentially has a bad vibe or gets cross or angry or scared, that's when you're most likely to kill yourself and other people. Well, kill yourself and essentially, and that's how it spreads the panic and the and the and the, the fear. Um, is what does it. That's why apparently they say as well, at the end of the movie, those two, those two lead characters are able to leave because they've accepted the fact that they're going to die and they're no longer scared of dying. Um, apparently, apparently that's what they say as well. But it kind of makes sense because as I said, mentioned, mentioned earlier on, that every kind of death scene or, or moment of violence is preceded by like, scared, people being angry, screaming or shouting. Like those poor two um, teenage kids who get shot um, for not, you know, for an unknown reason, they start trying to kick that door in just to sort of in. And no point throughout any part of that movie is that boy been sort of hostile or, or sort of uh, aggressive. And then all of a sudden, he sort of switches to some sort of angry kid, and that's when things go tits up in that in that sort of scene. Yeah, but um, then he gets shot. Yeah, so I'm saying he gets shot because of his actions and maybe, uh, you know. It wasn't the plants that shot him there, was it? it wasn't <laughs> oh, was it not? Oh, I was sorry. Know, the rubber plant got tooled up and decided to go full direct. Okay, forget what I just said. Oh, man. This film's got me uh, uh, babbling away. It's got, Most you of re- time. it's got you reaching is the problem. It's like, um, yeah. I think um, I agree with Lucy right at the start. If you look at it as this wonderful kind of old-fashioned the blob, the fog kind of B-movie, Um and even the acting style that's in it is kind of really reminiscent of those you know, 60s, 70s, you know, the giant ants attack and stuff. It's, 
It's like there's there's no way that Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Zoe sorry Deschanel are this bad at acting like on purpose, right? It's got that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's several scenes in it where you're just like that. That can't. That can't have been the best take <laughs> if they are if they are acting because we've seen these people act well in other things. So mm. there's definitely they set a tone, and it's I think it's you know it's either missed people by or it's just one of those you know I just don't know if it's on purpose and it's just not obvious enough for it to sort of elevate it to like that six seven out of ten rather than languishing in the five. Yeah, good point. Because, I mean, uh, like, there's one scene in which really, I think, shows you what that the film is, is when he's talking to the plastic plant. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Lucy, talk us through the plastic plant scene, please. Oh, the plastic plant scene. So they're basically, they're on, they're on the run and they've broken into this house. And presumably it's a show home because everything turns out to be plastic. But... At the, at the time, Mark Wahlberg is left alone in this study area and Zoe is taking the kid to the toilet and he, he goes up with this plastic plant and basically starts trying to, like, negotiate with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he says now, but it's actually hilarious. Hello? My name is Elliot Moore. I'm just going to talk in a very positive manner. We're just here to use the bathroom. And then we're just gonna leave. I hope that's okay. Plastic. I'm talking to a plastic plant. I'm still doing it. And I think if yeah, if you just look at it as kind of like a thriller with some moments that you're gonna laugh at, then you'll have more fun. And I think this is a prime example of that. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. It's so funny. He <laughs> kind of introduces himself as Mr. Moore as well. He's like, hi, I'm, he does, I'm, yeah. I'm Mr. Moore. Um, and then he realises it's plastic. And then he kind of lambasts himself. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, here I am. What's, what's become of me? I'm talking to a, a plastic man. Like the plastic part is the important part of that, that problem. <laughs> there. <laughs> Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, would you, in his situation or in his position, you would probably be doing the same thing, trying to find a way to negotiate, you know. I've never, I mean, I've, I, you know, I've tried to, to get things to grow in my garden and you know, I've had a couple of successes, but most of the time it is, you know. It's based getting, on pleading, is it really? That's yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you, ever, have you ever spoken to anything like a plant or a, or a flower in, as a sort of relaxing, sort of in, a, in a relaxing way, like they say you should? Have you, have you done that before, Lucy? People say you can talk to plants. Apparently they can get some kind of vibe from you, but no, I can't say I have. Um, no, the only plants I have are cacti because they don't die. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> you need water them like three times a year. It's the best thing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. I need some cactuses. Everything else just seems to fall apart. Oh, that's, I mean, that's I, so maintenance are great. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm singing to them and they just don't like my voice, so they're just trying to <laughs> kill me. They're, they're just, just dying. dying. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, have you ever spoken? Have you ever spoken? Have you ever spoken to anything, Matt, uh, like a flower or a plant before? Um, you can uh, tell us now. I mean, it's the perfect opportunity uh, to. I'm open trying to think. Up. I've never, I've never spoken to, um, to a plant. I did have a quite successful yucca plant, which I was amazed at the fact that I didn't kill it. It was beautiful. It kind of 
was you know verdant and wonderful and I, I watered it every week and then one day I accidentally knocked it over and it snapped in half and um, it was a rental property I have to point out at this point and it was plastic and I'd been watering it for about six months <laughs> so oh. it was, it's quite obviously it's a decent plastic one but I was yeah quite surprised when it snapped in half and it was polystyrene kind of the, the trunky area of it was very that's much. such a matte thing to do <laughs> If you had your own sitcom, that would be the crescendo of that episode. <laughs> I don't think anyone would watch do, that. Do, do. <laughs> it's a plastic plan. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. Um, no, I've never actually spoken to one, though. Um, not directly. I mean, I've addressed a room where there's been plants, so you know, they, were, they were free to listen. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never sort of you know, excluded a plant. I've never gone, uh, could... I need to speak to these guys here. Could you take the plant out? <laughs> yeah, get, the, get rid of that cheese plant. He looks like a right dick. <laughs> uh, heckling at the back there, flapping your leaves, disapprovingly of my, my presentation. What do you know? I was going to ask a question of you both uh, as well. Just Lucy, you first, about M. Night Shyamalan and about his body of work. And, uh, you know, he's one of these... I think he's a fine director and he's got a, a great imagination. But what do you think he can? Is this, what do you think he can do to sort of win back the audience that he's, he's lost over the years? Yeah, I think for me, like obviously, Signs is my personal favourite film of his. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and then I think it's gradually kind of got worse since Signs. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think a, a film I always reference as something I absolutely hated, but was really looking forward to, was The Visit. Because The Visit had such good potential. And then it just had the most ridiculous twist. Like, ridiculous. And I think that ruined the whole tone of it. So I mm. think, I know he's known for like, oh, what a twist and all that. But like, I think he just needs to rein it in and make his twist a bit more sensible. <laughs> and I think... You know, because he, t- he, has, he has good ideas, you know, he has, he has good concepts for horrors and things. And then it just, in the third act, it just takes this very strange sort of U-turn and doesn't make any sense. And I think that's where he loses me, personally. He just needs yeah. to calm it down. <laughs> I think that the, one of the things to sort of celebrate in terms of what he does is that he, he self-finances an awful lot of his own movies, which is mm. incredible. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's um, let's cap off. Uh, uh, let's uh, prune the happening now and come up with some other puns, plant-related, if you can. I think I've done it now. That's it. Um, but in a nutshell, I think we have to decide whether we're going to let this be released out to the public, like like the kind of um, the plague it is. Or before we before we do that, can we? Um have a look at some of the weird bits and maybe as Lucy is the fan of the film could try and explain them to me. Yeah. Okay. Let's not jump yeah, ahead. I'm liking where this is going. Okay, cool. Let's <laughs> go on in. Um, okay. So as the exposition goes, right. So we, it becomes very clear in there's news reports early on that it's an airborne thing and um, uh, is obviously affecting everybody within a certain region. Why does everyone stay outside? <laughs> Because that's where the plants are. Question <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I mean, it's not even. I mean, like the, the the it must be like worse than pollen. This thing, because like even yeah. like a, a shitty old shack, you shut the door, you're safe, right? So like not mm-hmm. even. I mean, this could happen tomorrow, and everyone with their COVID masks would be absolutely fine. Or alternatively, just stay in your car, wind up your windows. 
I mean, uh, John Legazimu, um, when he's going off, and he, that's the other thing he annoys me, he, he leaves his daughter, could you look after my daughter? And then <laughs> the Zui kind of goes, all right, and, and then he gives her a real, like, if you take my daughter's hand, <laughs> then you've got to look after her. And it's like, oh, you just, just ask me a favour. Um, but he's decided to abandon her anyway, just throw it to the nearest randomo. Um, and then, like, they're driving in, like, a, a, a cloth top jeep. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to shut the air vents to stop the, the airborne pathogen coming in, um, which seems to work. So it's not a particularly pervasive airborne pathogen. Just stay indoors. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. I think... <laughs> I think this is certainly where the film's lacking, like I said, is... Why? Context, please. Like, even just some nonsense science would be great. And I, I do appreciate that. And I think, you know, it's sort of like, how did it get inside cars? How did it not get inside houses? I don't really understand that. Um, so I can't really answer that, I'm afraid. <laughs> this is one point they're in like a troop of people and they, they, they pull over. They all pull over in their cars. And they go, we're going to this, this village. Oh, all right, okay. How should we get there? Um, well, it's plant-based. Let's go across the field. <laughs> like, like, that's that's just brilliant yeah of course that's exactly what we should do we should go across the field yeah yeah Look, so can't see anything that's happening there basically that's the happening one lucy nil right. <laughs> what's, what's, this what's is going to happen a lot because it's a very nonsensical film i'm not feeling <laughs> confident trust me <laughs> i think you should make it up right the, the most uh, uh outlandish answers the best <laughs> uh, what else have you what other crazy notes have you written um why is that old lady such an asshole Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, you must have. An I love her though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like she she just invites them in for food, and then like the kid takes a biscuit, and then she just hits her, and it's like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they say nothing. Yeah. They kind of go, "That's fine," you know, <laughs> totally normal. Just beat the child because you know she wanted a biscuit, which you left in front of her. By yeah, the way. exactly. Just don't take what's like not yours, and it's like well. It's on the table. Yeah, and not well, just that... being an asshole. She also refers to lemonade as lemon drink. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you doing there? <laughs> I'm drinking some of my lemon drink. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you mean but lemonade? No. Like, it doesn't understand. <laughs> lemon drink, yes. But isn't, isn't, she quite a good, isn't that quite a good scene and she's a good character? Because that does build the suspense. Because, uh, you know, you know instantly when you see her that she's a wrong in. But the, 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 whole, the whole hand slapping scene and then when she, you know, basically accuses uh, them of trying to kill her and stuff, he's like, no, no, no. Um, uh, the best thing about that scene is the fact it forces Mark Wahlberg into like, like this, this sort of inner, like desperation rage in his face. And he kind of almost implodes in like a, like an interstellar kind of facial moment where his face <laughs> almost parts into itself as he tries to look as incredulous as possible. God, I wouldn't dream of killing you, you naughty old lady. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't understand where that went. And that, that stayed in. That stayed in. Yeah, I know. I know. I think you, you won that one, Lucy, just because you said you liked her. <laughs> I think well, if I was going to try and bullshit my way out of this, I think perhaps that could be like, well, she's been sat outside, so she's been affected by it, and it's gradually taken hold of her, and she's going more and more nasty. Ah, that's yes, my, that's my that nonsense explanation. Yeah, it makes sense, and actually, because maybe because it's, she's slightly uh, older in her senior years, maybe it takes yeah. a little bit longer for it to sort of seep in. It's not like an instantaneous thing. Because she does eventually 
you know, t- it does take hold of her and she does go outside. And oh, yeah, she goes absolutely horrifically, actually. She's a window head butter. Betty Buckley, she is uh, quite actress. Anything <laughs> else? <there>. My apologies. <laughs> Anything yeah, else, just, Matt? Just my, my final question is, is what was Mark Wahlberg going to say to the kids? that they decided was so important that he left it in. Because he kind of, they, you know, at the beginning, there's terrorist attack. The kids seem, and this is the thing with everyone in this film, no one seems to give a fuck, right? <laughs> so there seems to be like some other low-key symptom to this, uh, this pollen disease in that everyone just kind of doesn't give a shit. Because quite often, like, people are just dying over there and people are just chatting, going, so which, where should we go next then? It's almost like, you know you've been kicked out of a nightclub at two o'clock and you desperately need to go somewhere else. And you, there's a fight going on over there and you, no one gives a shit. So yeah, there's this like really low key thing, but right at the beginning there's, they think it's a terrorist attack that his class leave to go to, I don't know, other remedial classes. <laughs> People work better than Mark Wahlberg. And he goes, Hey kids. And then they turn around and he goes, no. <laughs> and that, <laughs> <laughs> that stays in the film. Like, that survived an edit. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> So my final question that. is, Lucy, what was he going to say? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? <laughs> Maybe he was going to finally explain full synthesis. I don't know. <laughs> like, before you leave, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, don't, forget, don't forget your homework. <laughs> um Bless, bless him. He did the bless him. God, I sound so pathetic there. Bless him. He did. He did his best, and I think we all did watching it again. But I mean, yeah, I think as a guest, a special guest that you are, Lucy, you get obviously the gold ticket. That's how it works. So the the you know the 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 bunker overlords will always look kindly upon you because you've agreed to, to to come on the show. So. That the happening is happening now. It's out there. Everyone can see it happening um, in front of their very eyes if they want to. And I, I would, I would actually say, watch this movie because it is good fun. And it is a very, as, as you both said, it's a B movie um, with some quite humorous performances that m- might not necessarily would have been intended to be. But the <laughs> concepts and some of the deaths alone. Or worth maybe it's, you know and it's 190 it's 190 minutes it's 90 minutes i 90 think it's minutes yeah so it's a perfect so length for a bad it's thing. a it's a good good length for a movie and i think um we should all applaud m night Shyamalan for his tenacity and <laughs> you know just desire to make movies even if they're not quite ready for public consumption <laughs> a moment of silence also worth watching just so you can count the fact that they mentioned happenings happened happened 23 times in the film as a an imdb fact that i now want to rewatch and verify because oh. I, i'm pretty fucking sure it happens more than that <laughs> shall we quickly before we say goodbye to lucy and to our our listeners all three of them let's say <laughs> let's have a look at the the new feature which we call uh, IMDb plot keywords. Now, oh, yeah. this is a new thing. We have we we don't do this very often, but it's, it's our new game to play. So, I, IMDb will have um, plot keywords, which will help you find. <laughs> the film. So, this so I, just, one, I just read the third one. I don't know if your list is the same as mine, but the third one is a brilliant. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So, th- third one down. Artificial plant. Am I right? Is that the same as yours? No, mine's no particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've got shooting a child, which is never a nice plot keyword as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, uh, what's car horn hot dog? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hot yeah, dogs. yeah. He's mentioned hot dogs in it. Yeah. Armed, ripped off. Um, what have you got? Uh, what can you go? Pick one at random. God, there's so many child-based shooting ones. I think I'll, I'll kind of eco-horror. Uh, yeah. Car crashing into a tree. I mean, <laughs> who searches for that? Who goes, yeah. Do you know what I want to watch tonight? What I really need in my life is a, a film where there's a scene where a car crashes into a tree. <laughs> so I'm just going to get myself onto IMDb and, and a breeze. I like that one. Breeze is kind of... Because fundamentally, <laughs> the, the, the bad guy in the film's a breeze, right? Yeah. Well, this is a good one as well. Man wears eyeglasses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, would you? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, how many movies is that? This is the three I think you're on about, which is the, the real dark side of this is uh, Bloody Body of Child, Murder of Boy and Murder of Child. Um, but you can rate these as are they relevant? And yes, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> these are very relevant. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some pretty horrific ones yeah. uh, on here. Good Walking Lord. the Dog is on there as well, just in case. <laughs> Walking the Dog, yeah. Walking the Dog. Suicide by Hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Walking uh, Backwards. <laughs> yeah, and Albert Einstein. Right. Okay. There you we go. could be, there, there are hundreds, literally. 225. Uh, Oh, I love this. This is brilliant. It's a very good game to play, and IMDb is good at this sort of thing. Uh, Dog and Garden Hitchhike Tree. There you go. There's a few more for you. Uh, All all connected to the fantastic 2008 happening that happened. Well, Lucy, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've we've been looking forward to doing this movie for so long, um, and we just never found the time to do it. And uh, it's been great that you come along and and defended its honour. And actually, you know, you like the film. We kind of like the film, and I guess, you know, we're taking the mickey out of it tonight, but it is it is a good fun watch, really, isn't it? Sometimes those films are great, right? The films that you can take the mickey out of, right? It's like, sit there, watch it with a mate who's at least two metres away and part of your bubble. <laughs> um, but yeah, sit there, watch it with a friend, and just have a laugh at some of the ridiculousness of it, and occasionally be slightly horrified at someone getting run over by a lawnmower. Yeah, oh, I think just... it's definitely a film you can watch with friends and just sort of have a laugh with it, you know. Um, yeah. that's the beauty of it, really. It's got to be a drinking game, right? Every time someone dies, have a shot. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that would... Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the opening scene is the the cascading off of the building might be a bit, you know, the last thing you remember, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you, Matt, you just need to watch the the the, the, the montage or the YouTube thing with the, <laughs> all the death scenes because there's about forty five exact deaths or or dead bodies. So that's your forty five shots there. Well, you know, at least you're going to get through at least one bottle of whatever it is your your tip of choices. Yep. <laughs> Um, where can we find you, Lucy, online and Twitter? Where's your, what's your handles and what, what, what can we find you getting up to? Yeah, you can find me at lgthblog because my blog is too long to put as a username. <laughs> um, <laughs> and at the minute, I've just finished Fright Fest coverage and I'm gearing up for London Film Festival coverage next month as well. So keep myself busy. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, if you like the podcast and you're new to it, make sure you, you subscribe and you uh download all the back catalogue there's plenty there to get your teeth into and uh yeah give us a rating as well it helps or leave a review that's even nicer helps us get into the ears of other people that have not listened to us before um and we're on social media as well uh get get crackalacking on that it's twitter instagram and face facebook all the really good ones you can like us virtually and uh in person as well if you if you bump into us that's always nice um and the website address is matt uh, 
reviewbunkerpodcast.com. Well, thanks, guys. It's been absolutely uh, marvellous. Yeah, thanks for well, making thank you. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you again soon on the next episode of the Movie Bunker Podcast. This is new. I've not done that before. Wow, that's new. <laughs> How can we two years in and you never actually do the same ending twice? <laughs> You're like M. Mike Shamala of the podcast world. <laughs> I'm overall kind of weird radio show kind of guy yeah wow oh man let's just say goodbye then all right see ya bye